I, uh, I wrestled with even debating what, what happened on Wednesday. And um, I, I, I feel like I would say the same thing that I said during the, the Black Lives Matter marches that I think it's great when, when we have uh, so much passion in us and we care so much about something that we're willing to go out and, and, and take a stand for it. Uh, but I think you have to draw a very hard line when it comes to damaging things and, and hurting people. Um, you know, I, I, think, I, I think it's admirable when people have that much passion about something. I mean, how many things that, that, that we have in this world that you'd be willing to spend your own money to drive hundreds of miles to, to stand out in the cold and, and walk around? Um, there's probably not a whole lot of them. And, and to think that uh, people have that much passion to do it, I think is an admirable uh, thing. And I, and I think uh, regardless of how you feel either way, I, 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 res I can respect that. I respect you know, both types of marches, but um, certainly you don't want to see anybody hurt or killed. Um, but, um, and, and as far as the presidency goes, it seems as though it's, it's a, a, a done deal at this point. And I think uh, as much as we prayed for Trump, we're going to pray for Biden. We were told to pray for our leaders. Um, and that, that's, God saw all this coming. He, he knew. Uh, it's in his hands, and, and he can uh, steer leaders uh, any way he chooses. So we're going to pray for them, and um, uh, that, that, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, how many of you own a fire extinguisher? Everybody have one? <laughs> um, we... We've had one for a while. We, we, we keep it under the sink. I think under the sink is probably the universal, the kitchen sink is usually the universal place to, to keep one. Um, and since Kate's not here, I'm going to tell a story about when she set the kitchen on fire. Uh, <laughs> she, uh, she was making us tacos for dinner one night. And I, I had the girls, and we were upstairs playing in their room or doing whatever we were doing. And... Uh, she was downstairs, and she went to make the, the shell. She was going to make hard shell tacos. And um, she, she knew that what she wanted to do was put them on a pan, put them in the oven, and then put on broil. Um, and our oven has a couple, two different broilers, a high and a low. And she put on the high, and she was going to leave the door cracked open so that it would just, I, I don't know, I don't understand cooking. But so she put it in. But our oven has a sensor. It won't turn on until you close the door. So uh, she closed the door and forgot about them. And she went about her business cooking the beans and cooking the, the, the meat and doing all these other things. And she starts smelling something burning. So she's checking the beans and nothing burning on the bottom, checking the meat. And then she remembers that she has the shells in the oven with the broiler on high. She opens the door I wasn't there to see it, but she describes it as an inferno came flying out of the door, just flames and fire, everything was on fire, um, and she jumps back, but the flames were coming out so fast and so high that she couldn't get close enough to close the door back up, which is what she wanted to do. She wanted to try and contain the fire 
inside of it. So she starts hollering and screaming. The, 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 the alarm, the fire alarm is going off. The girls and I don't hear a thing. We're upset. I, I didn't hear a peep. We, we were upstairs just having a, a good old time. Um, but finally she remembered that she had the fire extinguisher. And we always keep the fire extinguisher under the kitchen sink. Well, a family member, who shall remain nameless, felt like it was taking up too much space under the sink and moved it to somewhere else in, in the house. Uh, so she couldn't find it. She's running around screaming and hollering, trying to get my attention. And finally she finds it. And uh, she realizes she's not really sure how to use it. So the flames are still coming out. She's got the fire extinguisher, and she's looking at it, and she realizes, oh, there's a pin. So she pulls the pin, and she just points it, pulls the trigger, and just hopes that it works. Because we've had it for about five years. I, I think after a while, they stopped working. Uh, so fortunately, she pulled the trigger. It coated everything in, <laughs> all along the counter, the stove, under, but it put the fire out. It worked, thankfully. Um, we did not have tacos that evening. I think she sent me out for pizza. But having faith is a lot like having a fire extinguisher. Uh, you have it, but you never really expect to have to use it to that degree. Right? It, it, we live in America. We don't, it's not like we live in a country where uh, when our faith is challenged, we might be imprisoned, or we might be tortured, or we might be killed, right? There, there are countries that are so against Christianity that when somebody actually stands up for their faith, they face those challenges. They face being imprisoned. We're not there yet, but some places they are. Um, and it's a dangerous situation. But you will be put in situations where you're going to need to decide whether or not you're going to allow yourself to give whatever that situation is over to God, or you're going to try and handle it yourself. And what are we going to do when these fires pop up in our lives? Are we going to throw water at them? Are we going to try and suffocate them? Are we going to try and stomp them out with our feet? How badly are we going to allow ourselves to be burned trying to put the fire out ourselves before we grab our fire extinguisher, before we turn it over to God? How many times are we going to try and, and fix a situation ourselves before we start relying on our faith in God? And when you do decide to lean on your faith, will you know where it is? Do you know how to use it? Are you sure that it's going to work? Well, today we're going to continue in the account of three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that, that relied on their faith. So if you would turn in your Bible to Daniel chapter 3, and we're going to pick up where we left off in verse 19. Daniel chapter 3. Starting in verse 19. 
And when you found it, if you're physically able, I would ask you to stand for the reading of God's word. You might want to stretch out because we're going all the way through 30. Daniel chapter 3, starting in verse 19. The word of God says, Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and other garments. And when they cast them into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace, therefore, because the king's command was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning, fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps, administrators, governors, and king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men whose bodies, were, uh, whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies so that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss about the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for another day. Thank you for just the ability to, to roll out of bed, get in our vehicles, and, and, and make it here. Lord, uh, we, we, uh, it, it's an honor and a privilege to be in your house where we come to worship you and, and, and hear a, a message from you, Lord, where we can open up your word uh, in, in peace and, and not have worry of, of um, anybody trying to stop us. Lord, we love you, and we just ask you to speak to our hearts today. Lord, speak to us through your word. Your servants are listening. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh-oh, last tissue. All right. So before we start, I want to back up to uh, last week, just a brief overview of, of what we discussed. Uh, 
Nebuchadnezzar had invaded Jerusalem. And uh, when he took it over, he decided to uh, bring back some men that could work for him, that, that, could, that he could put to work in the palace. And of those men, it included Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, and they, they started training them up to be able to work in, 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 the, in the kingdom. Uh, but then we find that the king starts having these weird dreams. And uh, none of his men are able to decipher them. So uh, Daniel prays about it. And God gives Daniel the ability to interpret the king's dreams. So, uh, once he does this, Nebuchadnezzar says that Daniel's God is the God of gods and the Lord of kings. He said that the, the God that you serve is so powerful to be able to not only interpret my dream, but also tell me what my dream was. The king didn't tell him. Uh, he already knew it. So, because of that, and because um, he res seemingly respected the, 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 the God that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, served, he promoted them. He promoted them within his kingdom. And it seems as though he quickly forgets uh, their God, and he builds a statue for his people to worship. And the statue is enormous. It's 90 feet high and 9 feet wide, and it's made of gold. And they're told that whenever they hear the, the, the music start playing, everybody in Babylon is to fall down on their faces and worship this statue. And if they decide not to, the punishment would be, be thrown into the fiery furnace. Well, on the day of its unveiling, the music starts to play, and everybody falls down on their face except for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Well, there are some of the king's men from Babylon that don't like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego because they look down on them. They say they were Jews. They, we, they, they were from Jerusalem, and we, we conquered them. We're above them. How could they be elevated and promoted to about the same position that we are? So they noticed that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not bowing down to the statue like the king had commanded. So they did what um, any middle schooler would do. They go and they tattle on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They go to the king and they tell him that they're not doing it. And you said that they need to be cast into the fire. Well, the king gets mad, calls them over. And we talked about how... He asked them. He didn't just condemn them based on somebody else's word. He asked them, he said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is it true that you did not bow down to my statue? And they said, no, God, no king, we, we did not bow down to it. And he said, you do understand that the punishment is going to be you were thrown into the fiery furnace. He was giving them a little bit of a benefit of the doubt, Right? Maybe they didn't understand the punishment. Maybe they didn't understand what they were supposed to do. Maybe they were talking and didn't hear the music. But they said, look here, king. Our God, or your God, the, the statue is man-made. Our God made man. We're not going to bow down to your man-made statue. We believe our God will deliver us 
from you if need be. But even if he chooses not to deliver us, we're still not going to bow down to your statue. That's faith. That's a big old fire extinguisher of faith. Right? They're facing the fiery furnace. And they still refuse to bow down. Why? Did they think maybe Nebuchadnezzar was bluffing? Maybe they thought he was exaggerating his claim of what he was going to do? Certainly not. When Nebuchadnezzar, uh, he was a mean guy. When, when they took over uh, Jerusalem, what they did was they surrounded it all around for over a year. They didn't let anybody in or out. And eventually there was a, uh, a famine. Jerusalem ran out of food. And they were starving to death. And, and Nebuchadnezzar still had them surrounded. So what the people of Jerusalem decided to do was make a run for it. They opened up the gates and tried to get out. Well, King Nebuchadnezzar's men caught the king of Jerusalem, uh, Zedekiah, and his sons. And what he decided to do was he killed Zedekiah's sons right in front of him. And then he gouged out Zedekiah's eyes so that the last thing he would see was his sons being killed. He's not a nice person. Not a, not a nice guy at all. Nebuchadnezzar had been a king. He'd been a ruler since he was the age of 25. So he was used to all his life people doing what he told them to do. And now he's got these three uh, young men that, that he had captured and promoted and been good to. He, he had given the kings food and wine. He, he, they, they're probably living in the palace at this point because of their elevation status. And they're denying him. There's this big statue that he had made. They're saying, no, we're not going to bow down to your statue. So that's where we picked up in verse 19. And verse 19 tells us that when the king hears this, his facial expression changed. Right? He was being nice before. He said, okay, I understand. Uh, maybe you didn't, didn't quite understand what, what, what the rules were. He gave them the benefit of the doubt. But now I'm mad. You just told me that you knew what the, what the consequences were going to be. And now I'm mad. Heat up that furnace seven times hotter than it usually is. Was that necessary to do? If anything, heating it up seven times hotter was merciful. Because it would kill them right away. If he wanted them to suffer, you would turn the heat down. So they would last longer. They would still burn, but it wouldn't be instant. He turned it up so high that when the men brought Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to the top of this furnace to throw them in, it killed those men that carried them up. The heat that was coming out of this furnace was so hot, it killed those mighty men. And when those men were killed, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell into the furnace down below. Now this furnace would have been uh, very tall. It would have had stairs that went up to the very uh, peak of it. The heat gets let out the top and it would have a, a large door in the, in the front of it and it would have like billows on the side. It would be the billows along the side that would heat up uh, the furnace. Well through that door King Nebuchadnezzar could see four figures walking around inside. And he looks at it and he, and he says to his men, he says, uh, 
Hey, I thought we only threw in three guys. Am I right about that? And the guy and they say, "Yes, yes, sir. We we uh we only threw in three. And he said, "Well, wait a minute. I I see I see Shadrach. I know Shadrach. I see Meshach. I recognize his face anywhere. And then and then Abednego. But look, there's there's another guy in there. And that guy in there looks like the son of God. So he goes to the door and he calls them out. And when they come out." he sees that they weren't affected by the fire at all. Their clothes weren't burned. uh, Their hair wasn't singed. uh, They didn't smell like smoke. Our house smelled like smoke for days, and that was just some burnt taco shells, right? These guys just walked out of a furnace, and you couldn't smell any smoke on them at all. And this led Nebuchadnezzar to say, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants who trusted in him. That was the key. They trusted God. They had a belief that God would deliver them. They trusted that fire extinguisher. They they knew their fire extinguisher was going to come through for them. It was going to save them. If you're ever going to need a fire extinguisher, I would imagine it would be when you're tossed into a fiery furnace. Then he tells the people that if anyone says anything bad about the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're going to be cut into pieces, and then their house is going to be burned down. He was taking this serious. He he seemingly now understands the power of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God. That's the same God that you and I serve. So what can we take away from their experience being thrown into this fire? Well, number one, others are watching to see how you and I handle the trials of life, the trials and tribulations that we're going to face in life. Now, this would have been a scene. Think about all the people that were there, right? Babylon is there to worship the statue. Everybody's watching to see what's going on. It's just like today. Anytime somebody sees some big event, something uh, crazy that's about to happen, everybody kind of stops what they're doing and they turn and they watch. It would have been the same then. Everybody would have stopped to stare at what was going on. Except today, a a bunch of people would have taken out their phones and and videoed it. Um, Instead of standing up and, and, and saying something or stopping the violence, People today, they just record it. Um, well, that's a whole other rant uh, for another day. But uh, just know that people are watching when you're going through the fire. When you're going through difficult times in your life, other people are going to be watching to see how you handle it. So when all these people watching, how does Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego handle themselves? Do they start to cry and scream out? Did they lie to the king? I mean, they're facing death. How do they handle themselves? They just said, no matter what you do, we're going to worship our God. We trust in our God to save us. Did they blame anybody? Did they make excuses? Did they hang their heads and say, you know, this is not fair? That's what people were expecting, Right? These boys were being threatened with death. It had to be the the scariest moment of their lives. And with all of Babylon watching them, 
They still put their trust in God. They walked the walk. They walked the walk that they had been talking, right? They said they trusted God and they proved it. People wanted to know, do you really believe God can save you? Do you really believe that, that, that God can deliver you? How would it have looked if they said, our God will deliver us. Even if, even if he doesn't, we still won't bow down to your statue. And then when they see the king is serious, they start trying to make deals. That doesn't look good. People are going to watch to see how you deal with difficult situations in your life. When you lose your job, are you going to make a bunch of excuses about why that shouldn't have happened? Or are you going to say, the Lord must not have wanted me there, and I trust him? If you're not getting along with your neighbor, are you going to start gossiping about them? Are you going to start talking bad about that person? Or are you going to pray for that person? People watch. Are you going to pray for that person to try and make whatever it is right? Or do we just talk about them behind their backs? People are watching. Think about something that's going on in your life right now. What's that thing that's happening in your life right now that people are going to be watching? Is it family problems? Is it drugs and alcohol? Is it illness? You need to think long and hard about how you're going to handle it because how you handle it is going to say something about your walk with God. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whether you like it or not, you are a witness to others by your response to those trials. They were a witness to God, to all those people of Babylon that were watching them, all those people that worshipped other gods, all those people that, that would rather worship the sun god than the god, right? Than the god that made the sun, they'd rather worship the sun. So they were watching, they wanted to know, do you really believe what you claim? Because that's the ultimate test, isn't it? When they were being bound and walked up to the fiery furnace, that's the ultimate test of how faithful are you to God? And they passed that test. You and I, I I've been told never to say never, but I'm almost positive you and I will never have to face being walked up to a fiery furnace for our faith, but we will face other things in our lives. And people are going to watch and they're going to want to see how we handle them. Do we truly put our trust in God? Number two, God is always with us. We know that God will never leave us nor forsake us. He's told us that. And whatever God tells us, we can take to the bank. But what about those times when, when, when you're really going through hard times and, and it just feels like he's not around? You don't feel him anywhere. It, it, it seems like he's just not with you. What about those times? Have you ever had a time like that? I, I, I think we all have. I think we've all had those times where we feel distant from God for one reason or another. When you start breaking down, where, where are you, God? It just seems like one thing after another. Car breaks down. Water heater goes out family member gets sick. It's just one thing after another and you never feel God around you. Why, why, is this, why do these things keep happening in my life? 
You know what's interesting about the, the text here? Is if you read this account again, you'll notice there's only one person we know for sure, Saul, the son of God. And that was Nebuchadnezzar. The Bible never says um, that everyone was astonished. Just, just that Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. There's no account of these boys having a conversation with that fourth figure. It just says they were all walking around. Sometimes God allows you to go through things so that others can see him in you. So that others can see him in your situation. You may be going through the hardest season of your life, wondering how you're ever going to make it through. But someone else might be looking at you saying, I don't know how they stay so strong with what all she's going through right now. God must be with her. We don't know if Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were able to see God there. But we do know that somebody from the outside who was watching their struggle, watching their situation, saw God with them. Just because you don't see him in your situation doesn't mean he's not there. And it doesn't mean other people don't see him through you. Finally, number three. You will be strengthened on the other side. God uses difficult times in your life to strengthen you. Have you ever watched those strongman competitions on TV? ESPN has them at like 2 o'clock in the morning if you're ever up, up at that time. But they're huge guys. I mean, they're enormous. And they're lifting boulders and they're pushing like uh, buses and all, all kinds of things. But understand, they're not born that way. When you lift weights, the goal is to lift to the point where your muscles actually tear. That's why when you do a lot of exercise and you wake up the next morning and you're sore, it's because your muscles have actually torn. You've pushed them to the point where they can't be pushed any further, and they tear and they bleed and they need to heal. For muscles to, to grow, they have to be pushed past their level of comfort. And that's the same with your faith. If your faith is going, your faith is never going um, to grow if it's not pushed sometimes, right? Um, it becomes like that fire extinguisher that never gets used. You forget where it is. You, you never learn how to use it. We need to be pushed in our faith if we're going to start relying on our faith. What happens to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, when they come out of the furnace? You remember? It's right there in verse 30. They got promoted. They got promoted. They, they, they went through it. They, they struggled. They, 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 they faced the fire. They relied on God, and they were promoted for it. When we go through struggles... When we're pushed, when we're pushed beyond our level of comfort, and we're forced to use our faith, our faith grows. And when our faith grows, we can start relying on it more. So when you're going through difficult times in life, remember that people are watching you to see how you're going to handle it. 
Have courage in knowing that God is with you, even when it doesn't feel like it. And finally, you're going to make it through. And when you do, you will be stronger. Let's pray. Lord, we're so grateful for you. We're so grateful for our ability to lean on you whenever we need to. Lord, I pray that you would give us great strength, that you would give us great courage and great faith, that you would help us love you more and rely more on our faith in you. Lord, we, we, we may not have to use our, our faith to the degree that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did, but we still need to lean on you. We still need to give things over to you. We still need to stop trying to do things on our own and start relying on you because other people are watching. And based on our actions and the way people see us handling our situations, we can guide them to you. We can lead them to you. They can see you in our lives. Lord, I pray that you will allow others to see you in our lives.